Section twenty nine of Old Rail Fence Corners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Old Rail Fence Corners. Edited by Lucy Leavenworth wilder morris mrs mary massault 1856 i first lived at taylor's falls i was only fourteen and spoke little english as i had just come from france large bands of indians used to camp near us they never molested anything i took a great fancy to them and used to spend hours in their camps they were always so kind and tried so hard to please me when the braves were dressed up they always painted their faces and the more they were dressed the more hideous they made themselves i would often stick feathers in their headbands which pleased them very much the storms were so terrible we had never seen anything like them one crash after another and the lightning constant once i was sitting by a little stove when the lightning came down the chimney it knocked me one way off the bench and moved the stove several feet without turning it over mrs anna todd 1856 we came to st anthony in 56 and lived in one of the hudson bay houses on university avenue between fourth and fifth streets they were in a very bad state of repair and had no well or any conveniences of any kind the chimneys would not draw and that in the kitchen was so bad that mr todd took out a pane of glass and ran the stovepipe through that everybody had a water barrel by the fence which was filled with river water by contract and in the winter they used melted snow and ice mr todd built the first piers for the booms in the river the hauling was all done by team on the ice the contract called for the completion of these piers by april fifteenth the work took much more time than they had figured on and mr todd realized if the ice did not hold until the last day allowed he was a ruined man there were many anxious days in the little fur house as it was called but the ice held and the money for the contract was at once forthcoming i remember those winters as much colder and longer than they now are they began in october and lasted until may when we were coming from st paul to st anthony just as we came to the highest point i looked all around and said this is the most beautiful country i have ever seen when mrs richard shute lived in minneapolis the view was wonderfully beautiful near there was a house with the front door on the back side so that the view could be seen better times were very very hard in fifty seven and fifty eight we never saw any money and to our yankee minds this was the worst part of our new life a friend had been staying with us for months sharing what we had one day he said to my husband i'm here and i'm stranded i can see no way to pay you anything but i can give you an old mare which i have up in the country he finally induced mr todd to take her and almost immediately we had a chance to swap her for an indian pony a short time after 
there was a call for ponies at the fort and the pony was sold to the government for fifty dollars in gold this seemed like one thousand dollars would now the first time i saw an apple in minnesota was in fifty eight a big spaniel had come to us probably lost by some party of home seekers after having him a short time we became very tired of him one of the teamsters was going to st paul so we told him to take the dog and loose him better than that he swapped him for a barrel of apples with a man who had brought them up the river as a speculation the new owner was to take the dog back down the river that day but that dog was back almost as soon as the teamster was we used to joke and say we lived on that dog all winter the early settlers brought slips of all kinds of house plants which they shared with all the windows were gay with fuchsias geraniums roses etc most everyone had a heliotrope too all started slips under an inverted tumbler to be ready for newcomers mr edwin clark eighteen fifty six on april twelfth eighteen sixty five president abraham lincoln two days prior to his assassination signed my commission as united states indian agent for the chippewas of the mississippi pillager and lake and winnebagosish bands and the indians of red lake and pambina the mississippi bands numbering about two thousand five hundred were principally located around mill lac gull and sandy lakes the pillager and winnebagosish bands about two thousand around leech winnebagosish cass and otter tail lakes the red lake bands numbering about fifteen hundred were located about red lake and the pambina bands about one thousand at pambina and turtle mountain dakota at that time there were no white settlers in minnesota north of crow wing long prairie and otter tail lake the chippewa indians were not migratory in their habits living in their birch bark covered wigwams around the lakes from which the fish and wild rice furnished a goodly portion of their sustenance and where they were convenient to wood and water the hunting grounds hundreds of miles in extent covering nearly one half of the state furnished moose deer and bear meat and the woods were full of rabbits partridges ducks wild geese and other small game the indians exchanged the furs gathered each year amounting to many thousand dollars in value with traders for traps guns clothing and other goods some of the indians raised good crops of corn and vegetables and they also made several thousand pounds of maple sugar annually they also gathered large amounts of cranberries blueberries and other wild fruit the chippewa indians had very few ponies having no use for them as it was more convenient to use their birch bark canoes in traveling about the lakes and rivers at that time the chippewas were capable of making good living without the government annuities which consisted of a cash payment to each man woman and child of from five dollars to ten dollars and about an equal amount in value of flour pork tobacco blankets shawls linsey woolsey flannels calico gilling twine for fish nets thread etc an indian in full dress wore leggings moccasins and shirt all made by the women from tanned deer skins and trimmed with beads over which he threw his blanket and with his gun over his arm 
and his long hair braided and hanging down and face streaked with paint he presented quite an imposing appearance the young men occasionally supplemented the above with a neat black frock coat the indians during the time i was agent were friendly and was only upon a few occasions when whiskey had been smuggled in by some unprincipled persons that they had any quarrels among themselves the late bishops whipple and knickerbocker were my travelling companions at different times through the indian country as were general mitchell of st cloud daniel sinclair of winona rev f a noble of minneapolis rev stewart of sauk center mr ferris of philadelphia mr bartling of louisville doctors bernard and kennedy and others the late enigabo rev john johnson was appointed by me as farmer at mill lac upon the request of shalboshkung the head chief madosago on wind was head chief of the red lake indians and hole in the day head chief of the mississippi bands at the time i was agent captain isaac moulton eighteen fifty seven minneapolis the middle of december eighteen fifty seven it began to rain and rained for three days as if the heavens had opened the river was frozen and the sleighing had been fine after this rain there was a foot of water on the ice i was on my way to fond du lac wisconsin to get insurance on my store that had burned you can imagine what the roads leading from st paul to hastings were it took us a whole day to make that twenty-mile trip four stage loads of us i have often thought you dwellers in the twin cities nowadays give little thought to the days when the stagecoach was the essence of elegance and travel the four or six horses would start off with a flourish the music of the horn i have always thought most stirring the two rival companies vied with each other in stage effect if one driver had an especial flourish the other tried to surpass him and so it went on no automobile no matter how high-powered can hold a candle to those stage-coaches in picturesque effect for those horses were alive on this trip i hired a man with two yearling steers to take my trunk full of papers from the zumbro river that we had crossed in a skiff as the bridge was out to minieski where we could again take the stage those steers ran and so did we eight men who were following them in water up to our knees we reached minieski about as fagged as any men could be end of section twenty nine recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida